Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning where we talk about movies and TV and all those things. And today I'm going to be talking about the book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. Obviously I am like six days late, episode 3 is coming out tomorrow and I will be back tomorrow to talk about that. But I did want to talk about this episode before episode 3 comes out. Now I did get to watch this when it aired, like I think like an hour after it aired. Watched it, made, made notes and I would know that I'd be ready to talk about it here. Have not looked at these in almost a week, so there are definitely going to be a few things that I forgot. But massive spoiler warning: I'm assuming you've seen it. it's been out for a week. Go check it out and come back if you're so interested in the show. With that said, let's get started with the spoiler review, where I'm going to be running through everything, giving my thoughts, my worries, and all of that on this season as well as this episode, and maybe a few things that I liked more about this episode. So when it comes to this episode of the book about both that. I think that there's a few things that I just noticed right off the bat that I would say were a big improvement over episode one. And I felt that it just, the energy was there with this episode a bit more. And I at least appreciated that. But going through the episode, Fennec Shand, who played by Ming-Na Wen, Boba Fett's partner in crime, literally in this case, brings the assassin from last episode who they managed to, um, who was trying to kill Boba Fett. Brings her to the palace, but Boba Fett chooses, I guess, to spare them and tricks them into giving up the information by sending them down a pit, which is, you know, usually be occupied by the Rancor, but in this case, isn't. And I like that detail of him trying to threaten him in that way. I did really enjoy that. Then we get Boba and Fennec going to see the mayor of this town about the two warriors, which we learn to be, are part of the group, the Assassin of the Night Wind. Now, doing some research, I couldn't really find out about much. I certainly just am not, um, I certainly am not really well-versed on these characters in the world of Star Wars compared to a lot of other things. But when it comes to the name and everything, it just seems like they're going to be a big part of the show going forward in terms of maybe them just trying to hunt down Boba Fett. And it turns out that the mayor did not really have anything to do with these and is giving them him payment, I guess, is just... Um, just compensation for, you know, his troubles, I guess. And moving on, but the mayor basically tells him, which the mayor's name is Mokshayiz in this case. I did remember that detail because it was so unique. But tells him to go to the cantina we saw in last episode in Mos Espa. Boba Fett goes there and sees that it's actually not being run and it's going as smoothly as he thought. But it was actually being run by two huts who I guess descendant or a family to a degree to Jabba the Hutt and have taken over for him. I don't know if it was like grandchildren, children. I don't even know how it works. But um, there were two Hutts taking control. And as their bodyguard was a Wookiee named Black Kersantan. Now, this character has never appeared in anything outside the comics. So I actually don't know how to say his name. But I am luckily one of the people who have actually read some of Dr. Afra, and because of that, and by the way, I'd highly recommend reading it, but because of that, I actually am more familiar with this character, and I don't want to spoil a bit of where his origin comes from. He did, if this, I don't know if this is a spoiler, something they'll go into, maybe in the Obi-Wan series, but maybe just skip a few seconds. He actually did have an encounter with Obi-Wan, and I noticed instantly that one of the, um, there was a cut above his eye that that actually resembled what he had in the comics. Love that detail. Now, Black Chrysanthemum obviously is a Wookiee, so you might obviously recognize Chewbacca if you're not as familiar with Star Wars as another Wookiee. 
but he's the bodyguard. And as soon as I saw him, I recognized him. But it actually took me a bit, like doing a bit of research, to actually realize it was him. But I'm really glad I did manage to pick up on knowing who this character was. And actually, had I recorded this right after, I actually might not have realized who this was. Because it took me a bit of research to kind of jog my memory. Because I haven't read anything with them in a few years, actually. And pretty much they, the Huts, want to share the land with Boba Fett. Boba Fett doesn't want to do that. Boba Fett's going to have to kill them, which at this point he chooses not to do, showing that he wants to rule with respect. And then Boba decides not to attack and instead just go back and ponder things over. And this is where the return into the rest episode just becomes a bunch of flashbacks. Now, this present day stuff is extremely, what they're doing with it is extremely concerning because we've had two episodes and I don't even know if we've spent 30 minutes in the present day, or at least a long time ago in the present day, in a galaxy far, far away. But we, I don't even know if we spent 30 minutes here. And because of this, I'm still not sure why I should care about Boba Fett in the present day. And I feel like they're using our flashbacks as a way of us getting into the character. And I have to say that the flashbacks in this episode, I enjoyed much more than the present day stuff. The present day stuff just felt so kind of uninteresting, him kind of just wandering, being a crime lord which is fine, but it still looks like it's leading absolutely nowhere. There's no intrigue, which I'll talk about a bit more at the end. But moving into the flashbacks, so there were some really great sequences. Here we get Boba and the Sand People att uh, attacked by the by what who we know as the Pike Syndicate. That's what we find out in this episode, and they're kind of a group of warriors who I guess weren't, who just like attacking these Sand People and think this is kind of their Dune, the Dune Sea is kind of theirs. And Boba decides to help them out. He goes to fight them in a bar and brings back some supplies. And because of this, he decides to train the sand people to be able to fight them. And there's a really great and there's a really great montage in this bit, a really fun montage where we get Boba training them to use speeders, riding them, and all of that. And it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Then we get another great sequence that follows right after, and that's a train assault, which this entire train action scene I think is the strongest thing we've had in the entire two episode series so far. I think that it was extremely exciting. The action directing was great, which this episode actually wasn't directed by Robert Rodriguez like last week's episode, and I thought it was actually paced a lot better. And I felt Robert Rodriguez kind of fumbled the ball on that with episode one, and that I just felt it was moving at way too slowly, just spending way too much time just pondering, reminiscing. I just don't think it quite flowed right. This episode, I thought, did a lot better, especially in the fat flashbacks. But after Boba and the Sand People get to defeat the Pike Syndicate, he actually decides to let them go. But takes all their supplies and doesn't allow the Pike Syndicate to end, enter this area anymore. And if they do, they have to pay compensation to the Sand People. And this is, again, kind of how Boba was kind of being allowed into the Tus into the Tuscan Raiders or Sand People, which kind of inspired him being a bit more respectful when he's leading. And again, this is we, we see hints of this very early on to kind of show that he did, Boba did kind of have this perspective where he just wouldn't be as, you know, just, he wouldn't put fear into people when ruling. And it kind of starts off really early. And I like that they're clearly establishing that. And in the next sequence, this is a sequence that I found quite confusing, but then later realized that we pretty much get Boba Fett letting a lizard into him, and he goes out to get a stick, 
by letting the lizard guide him, brings it back, and he's accepted into the Tuscan Raiders, which I guess is meant to kind of symbolize him overcoming his obstacles, now gotten his robe, and now he's part of these people, which kind of pretty much sets up for exactly where we see by the time The Mandalorian Chapter 9, Season 2, Episode 1, starts at the very end of it. Which means that I think it's extremely likely that we might not even get any more flashbacks. The episode pretty much ends on Boba getting accepted into the Tusken Raiders. And with this ending, again, there's no cliffhanger, no intrigue, suspense for next week's episode. And I think the most concerning thing is that the flashbacks, the area of the show where we already know what it's going, is more engaging and fun to watch than the actual present day stuff and I think that's by far my biggest worry out of this episode but overall I thought it was a major improvement in terms of the pacing the flashbacks were more engaging there was some great action directing which I thought was missing from the first episode and I felt like I got into Tamora Morrison's Boba Fett character a bit more and I thought he did a really good job in this episode but pretty much that does sum up my thoughts on the book of Boba Fett chapter 2 the tribes of And make sure to come back tomorrow for my breakdown or spoiler review of episode 3 Catch you all then. Bye-bye.